Good morning. So I'm Adrian. Whether you don't know me or not, I'm the same. And it's good. Uh, we've been going through a series looking at the beginning of Joshua. I'm trying to get a joke in this morning, um, but I just don't know how to do it. That in the sense that we've got Joshua, uh, son of Nun, and Dave and Leslie, but I just can't quite. So if you can get a joke with Nun and Joshua in the by the end, I'm sure you've had them many times, have you? I just racked my brain. It just wouldn't work, so I need your help. Uh, anyway, we've been looking at these early chapters of Joshua because it's a season of transition. And it was a transition. Who was it last week we heard about? Rahab. So prostitute to princess. She was upgraded. It was kingdom upgrading. And we looked the week before at the whole tribe of Israel who are about to cross the, the river. Moses is dead. Now, Joshua, you lead these people. And we said, when God, up, when God transitions us, he is always, he's growing us. It's always for kingdom growth. It is always uh, into his promises. And so if you're personally going through some transition, when we walk through those with God, he brings good out of it. If we, as a church, we're going through transition, God brings good out of it as we learn to work with him. So Joshua, you've got to put your foot in the promised place. Not that you can stand and pray. No, you've got to enter and the people are with you. So God leads us. Let me read this verse that Paul says. For the promises of God find their yes in Christ. That, that's why these transitions are good in God, because it's, it's the yes of Christ, his death and resurrection. That's a good thing. It's not, okay, I need to do something. No, we need to just partner with what God has done. That's why through him we utter our amen. Are you able to say amen today to our transition, to God's transition in you and us, because he's doing a good thing? Now today we've got chapter 3 and 4 to do. <laughs> And that's a river crossing. Um, that's a circumcision. I've winced at that word all week. And, a, and it's a city conquered. It's a bit of Jer uh, Jericho. Um, and we're going to end up put into practice what we hear because that's what James tells us to do. I thought, how on earth can I preach on all those different things? Um, so I've picked out one little phrase. And here's my question to help us with this phrase. How does God lead his people how does God lead his people through these transitions? How does God lead his people? Let me read you some verses from chapter 1, and 2, and 3. We're going to pick them out. Okay, the first verse of chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river. I'll give you every place where you set your foot. Chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I'm with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, 12, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and take up 12 stones. Chapter 5. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and the Canaanite kings along the coast 
they heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites till they crossed over their hearts, melted in fear. They no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites. Then the Lord said at the end of the healing process, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. How does God lead through transition? He says, He says, The Lord said to Joshua. So the Lord said to Joshua, Get ready. The Lord said to Joshua, now this is how you're going to go through the river. The priests go in the water. Each time the Lord's saying something, that if I'm Joshua, I'm asking, this doesn't make sense. Okay, we, we're going to cross this river, a million of us, by putting the priests in the water first. Surely we need the engineers. Then they, as they've crossed, now they're getting ready to go towards Jericho. The Lord says, okay, Joshua, this is the time to, um, to circumcise, circumcise all the guys. God, this doesn't make sense. We're going to be vulnerable, the Lord said. Now they've got to Jericho. They've got this city, the walls. And the Lord said, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to march around. How does God lead them through transitions? By giving them real, clear, sometimes challenging instructions. If you read the rest of Joshua, there's at least another ten times where the phrases, the Lord said to Joshua, Here's the good news this morning. He doesn't just say to Joshua, he says to us. He says to us. The Lord spoke to Joshua and he speaks to us. Those who belong to him get to hear his voice. I think that's good, isn't it? That's, uh, yeah, good. Two of us think that's a good news. It's good. The Lord speaks. Now, maybe you're stunned into silence because, like, you hadn't ever realized. But the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks. You see, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I get brought into the whispering room of God. That's where we are right now. We have been brought into the whispering room of God. Why is it whispering? Is when God whispers, we lean in to hear. When, we, when he whispers, we lean, we lean in. I trust that's what we do. I want to talk about that this morning. You see, the Bible says through Christ, we become children of God. Yeah? Okay, through Christ, we become children of God. And friends, we know that if we're children... Doesn't the Father speak to us? Doesn't the Father speak to us? I want to speak to our hearts today, not in the confidence of my words, but to know that the Father is speaking to you, each of us, today. That's my prayer, and that's my confidence. Actually, I, I'm fully confident that God is going to speak to you and I today, because he is a speaking God. 
Now, so here's a question. Why is God speaking to Joshua? Why is God speaking? Shout at me with an answer. Why is God speaking to Joshua? Because he wants him to listen. Because Moses is dead. All true. Got lots to do. So Joshua's had quite a practice. You read the end of Deuteronomy and at some of Exodus, Joshua spends time listening. You could say, well, he's, because he's the leader. Why is God speaking to Joshua? Well, he's the leader and he's got to get things done. Yeah. Why is Joshua the leader then? Because God chose him. Why does God speak to Joshua? Because God chose him. Why does God speak to Joshua? Because God says, I choose you. Why does he speak to you and I? Because he chose you. He chose you. Let that into your heart. He speaks to you because he chose you. Period. The end. He speaks to us because he chose us. Some of us, when we talk about God speaking, you may be even switching off. You think, God doesn't talk to me. Because underneath everything, you're unsure he's chosen you. Friends, when we know that we're chosen, we know that we hear his voice. We were made in God's image, all of us. Whether you're a follower of Christ or not, you were made in God's image. And part of that image, you were made for relationship. You were made for relationship with the Father. You are created to hear a Father's voice. Jesus said this, the gatekeeper opens the gate and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They run from him because they won't know his voice. Then in verse 27, John 10, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Another version says, my sheep know my voice. Whose sheep? His sheep. Hearing God because we're chosen. We get to hear God speak because we're chosen. We get to hear God because we're his sheep. You're his sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture, Psalm 100. Whose sheep? His sheep. Do you know that you're his sheep? As much as talking about hearing his voice, I want us to hear we're his. We belong to him. Hearing God, it starts with relationship. Starts with relationship. He's called us. He's, he's come towards us. He said to me and to you, come, I want to have relationship with you. You open the door that I'm knocking. I'll come in. I'll come and have dinner with you. And here's the other thing, friends. To hear his voice means he's spoken. 
well, that's obvious, isn't it, Adrian? To hear his voice, number one, means we're his. The other side of it is something came from the, the lips of God. Now, okay, when God speaks quite, what, what it, how's that happening? Okay, we leave the mechanics of it. But when God speaks, it's the same voice that said, let there be stars, let there be planets, let there be creepy crawlies, let there be plants. When God speaks, it's that same voice. You know that? When the voice that you and I hear, the voice of God is not different. It's the same. He's not a split personality. He speaks with the same voice of love. Are you excited about hearing God's voice? Are you, am I creating some appetite? That's my heart, my desire, that we get hungry to hear God's voice. As God speaks, he gives his children, his sheep, the ability to hear. He gives you and I the ability to hear. The ability is relational. The ability to hear God is because we're in relationship. It's a position. It's not a skill. It's a position. You and I get to hear God because of our position. And God is speaking to us now. Aren't you, Father? Father is speaking to us now. He comes because that's his heart. He's always drawn towards us to speak. The same voice that spoke, let there be light. The same voice that spoke through Christ. Christ Jesus he himself said, when I speak, I speak the words the Father has given. We get to hear the same voice that spoke to the disciples, spoke to Paul, spoke to any of these people we can look at in the Bible. Doesn't that draw us? Doesn't that draw us towards him? God, you, you love to speak to me. Friends, often we put our, uh, we put our uh, listening down to our ability rather than his willingness. And I think that's sin. I excuse me not listening because I think, oh, I can't do it. Well, there's lots of things I can't. I can't. I can't make myself righteous. I trust in him. So why is it that we put ourselves in position I can't hear rather than trust the one who speaks? I think we need to deal with the issue that says, I can't hear because, no, we can't hear, but he's the one who speaks. So do we trust my lack of ability or his voice? Which one wins? Which one's greater? Friends, it's the voice of God that spoke into darkness and said, let there be. Surely he's the one that can speak. So let's right now break that, uh, that lie in us that says, I can't hear. He doesn't speak to me. Friends, if we've said that, that's an affront to the Father in heaven who sent Christ. He doesn't speak to me. Oh, God. Forgive me for such a bad attitude. He speaks. He speaks. Oh God, the one who speaks from the cross, have mercy, speaks to you and I. God, forgive me for setting myself up as I decide that you can't. Oh, change my heart. Why don't you, just as I'm speaking, 
thank God. I just, I turn from that way of thinking that makes me the arbiter to trust you and you speak. See, I believe God wants to speak through us, open door, as his people. Amen. He wants to speak to us and through us to this town and this region and the nations. And it happens not because Dave and I can do something fancy and clever, but it happens because God speaks to us. Friends, and our heart is, don't come on Sundays to listen to us. Don't come on Sundays to listen to the band. Come on Sundays, gather as church to hear God speak. That's our heart. Friends, what we need is not more of Dave and Adrian or Tim or whoever. It's we need more of God speak. And how does he speak? He speaks with love as a father. He speaks through us. When you come together, each one has. He speaks through us. Friends, part of this remodeling, re, regathering, rejigging time is that God wants to be center stage and not a person at the front, I think. Yes, we, yes, we, need, we need notices and there needs to be some facilitation and music and the rest. But it's God that we come to. When you go home, it's not just, oh, wasn't that a good preach of Adrian or Dave or whoever? No, God spoke to me. God touched my heart. Do you remember the way that um, somebody brought a prophetic word or shared a picture, a vision, a thought, a prayer? God spoke to me in that song. Friends, that's what lasts. That's what the treasure is in our hearts, isn't it? Yes, we can ask... So many things that we might want to uh, uh, just draw near. So many things that we might want. Friends, it's, it's one thing. It's his voice. Isn't it? Isn't it God's voice? Are you hungry? Holy Spirit, give us hunger. Friends, have we settled for God's voice being all like this? This is wherever this is for us as a church, us as individuals. God wants to speak to us. The Lord spoke to Joshua and brought great victory. What if there's some victories for us and God is speaking, but we just can't hear or we don't want to hear? Aren't we drawn in? Friends, are you drawn in? Are you drawn in? Friends, we don't gather to be entertained. We don't gather to be entertained. And may God bless us with skillful musicians and, pre and all of the rest. But we don't gather to that. We gather to Jesus Christ, his voice that speaks. We pray that for our children. We pray that for our teens. We pray that for our groups during the week. We gather to hear his voice and follow what he says. So what does he speak to Joshua about? Well, he speaks to Joshua, chapter 1, about the promises. I promise Moses, I'm with you. He speaks to Joshua about his plans. Right, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get in the water. You're going to put the priests in the water. And this, and this is what you're going to... He reminds them of their identity. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. He humbles them. I'm the Lord God. We're here next week of the warrior that stands before. When God speaks... He humbles them. Friends, as you and I listen to God, he does the same things. Think, what does God speak? He speaks his promises. He speaks his promises. This is what I have for you in this transition, open door. He speaks of his plans. 
Okay, this is how I'm going to do it. This is the person I'm calling for this. This is what I'm drawing for that. He speaks of our identity. You're my sheep. I love you. I'm with you. He's, and sometimes he also humbles us. I am. Remember the time that God met uh, me as we were just wondering, do we come to Kettering? And there in some uh, friend's living room, God came in my face and he said, go or come because I am. Because I am. That's all he said. It, okay, it was a completely humbling, awesome, overwhelming experience. But he said, go because I am. Sometimes God speaks and we, we're just humbled. We have nothing else to say. Friends, that's what he says to you and I. His promises, our identity, his plans, and he humbles us. And he speaks with such encouragement and grace. Doesn't he, the Father? Doesn't he speak with such encouragement and grace? That's what he's doing among us now. I'm always amazed that when God would come, that he would speak so tenderly to us, his sheep. As he gently leads those that have young, he comes alongside. The two coming back from Emmaus in such confusion, the end of Luke, he comes alongside them and says, what are you talking about? He comes to Peter. He comes to each of the, the uh, disciples in different ways. Through the scripture, he comes. Always drawn with such grace and love and mercy. Why is that important? Why is all this important? Not some concept it's because it's reality. It's daily bread for those that are his. Friends, listening to his voice is daily bread for those that are his. His, Joshua's victory was not down to some clever nous and a bit of muscle and some, you know, some great strategy. It was down to he heard what God said and did and followed. Friends, for God's plans for open door, it's not for some great nous. It's for us to hear what his Lord says and follow. That's the easiest thing in the world. It's the most liberating thing, but it's also the most challenging, isn't it? So I'm going to pray for us, and uh, we're going to practice in a minute. We're not afraid when the Lord speaks. Doesn't the Lord give confidence when he speaks? When you know God has spoken, doesn't it give you confidence? When we moved up to Kettering, following God has spoken, the Lord said, go because I am. We put a house on the market. I thought, what's God I'm going to say to Corrine, who wasn't there? Well, God has spoken to her back in our home in a different place. She, as I opened the door and went back, God's spoken. She said, oh, he's spoken to me. It gives us confidence to trust him when we came up here. And some of you have been wonderfully part of that story. God is speaking to us. Friends, do you remember Dave's testimony of the other week? This Dave. Do you remember his testimony? What has God been doing for Dave? He's been clearing his throat. Yeah? That was your testimony. Yeah, God's been clearing Dave's throat. What was Anne's prophetic word last week? God was giving us some throat lozenges, and it was about his, um, his sustaining, his, uh, his resource. Friends, I believe also God is saying, I'm clearing 
this voice, the throw of open door. I'm clearing the throw of open door. That's what God is saying to us. So I have confidence in this preach today because that's what God is doing for us. He's clearing our throat because he's got something to say through us, to our schools, our workplaces, to this town, this county, to this nation. That's the point of us hearing his voice because he's commissioning us. And so through this preach, I just want to rip off anything that's strangled our throats, anything that's restricted our voice, like he doesn't speak to me. Because God has a voice for us to lift up. And that voice gets louder as we hear him speak. Otherwise, we're only as sure as we think, oh, I wonder, you know, has Adrian, Dave, have they got it right? No, when we've heard God together, when we've heard God together, it gives us confidence. God calls us to be a prophetic people. We are a prophetic church. We're a prophetic church because we're led by the Spirit. We're a prophetic church because we're anointed people. Remember, God spoke because he chose Joshua, let's be those that listen attentively. I just want to pray. Can you join me? And we pray with joy, we pray with confidence, but we also pray with humility. Father God, you are the one who speaks. Lord, you speak. You speak from a position of glory and holiness and righteousness. Lord, you speak as one who fills the cosmos. You speak holding all things together by your powerful word. You speak. It shall be. It is. Let there be. You speak and all of creation hears. Oh God, but your voice, Lord, sustains us. And so we come humbly, Father. We say, would you speak? Would you renew your voice to us? Thank you for our stories, many stories of you speaking to us as a church, as families, as individuals. Lord, would you come again by your voice? And speak to us. Lord, not aim personal, detached, but you come alongside us. You come alongside us. In these days, you've spoken to us by your Son. You come. You come alongside us by your Son. Through the Holy Spirit, you come. You come and move in on our hearts. To come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, be working. Lord, come and lift the lid on our hearts. Friends, where you know we might have shut the lid personally, where you've shut the tin, you've sealed it shut, God doesn't speak. Just ask Holy Spirit to open. Come and open me again, Lord. Where I've got disappointed, 
because you didn't speak what I wanted or when I wanted. Just bring those to him. Let's not be those that miss the voice of God hardening our hearts because of bitterness or unforgiveness. Wouldn't it be tragic to miss the best of God because we wouldn't let go of the past that we can no longer change, but we can give it to him. Come and speak, Lord. Come and speak. Let me just finish with these just few thoughts. That when God speaks, he comes in all sorts of ways. He doesn't speak the same way to each of us. In that, some of us, you are visual. You love to you see God through looking at things. You learn through visual some of us learn by listening, and God comes in as you listen. Some of you are words people. God likes to speak to you through Scripture. All of those are fine. Some of you, some of us are feeling people. God speaks through what we feel. They're all valid. But here's the thing. When God speaks in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, he speaks to churches. He speaks to churches. And as a community, we can hear his voice together in this season. In life groups, Sunday school, as a church. We can ask, God, what are you saying together? What are you saying to us? So I'm going to pray and just lose a freedom for us to hear God together. That means some of us then getting out of our chairs and, and communicating this is what I think he's saying. And we can say it like that. This is what I think he's saying. I'm not sure, but this is what I think. And that way, we get to hear the voice of God together. So, let me pray. Oh God, oh God, well, I'm jealous, I'm jealous for us as a church, we're jealous for us as a church that we would be hearing your voice, oh God, thank you for scripture, Lord, we're edified, Lord, we love to hear you speak, but Lord, we know also that you speak through prophecy, vision, dreams. Lord, you speak to us. Lord, you have things to say for us in open door. Lord, and we're jealous for those things. God, and we say, come to us, Lord, with fresh word. Give us today, Lord, our daily bread. Come and speak to us. Come and speak to us. Father, thank you for gifts of preaching and teaching and encouragement and evangelism. Oh, God, and prophecy, Lord, that speak your words all in different ways, singing, drama, that speak your word, creativity, arts. Lord, we, I pray for a release, a release of you speaking. God's clearing our voice, open door. He's clearing our throat. So I speak to our throats. 
corporately, as it were, and say, let our throat be clear to lift our voice, to hear him and speak him, to hear him and speak him. So first of all, I want to pray for those that you might say, I can't hear. And uh, so I just ask you to stand where you are. And I, I want to pray. I'm not going to come around and touch your ears, as it were. But I'm just going to pray spiritually that God unblocks our ears. Okay? I haven't heard God speak. I, I don't hear him. Just stand where you are. And we're going to pray that God looses our ears or opens our ears. Maybe it's just a season. You think, ah, oh, God's gone silent. I'd want to pray. I want to pray. God, speak. God, speak. God, speak. So I, I speak to ears, spiritual ears, and say, be opened. Be opened in Jesus' name. Be opened. Spiritual ears, be opened. Because you're in relationship with the Father. Ears be opened. Ears be opened. I break the lie that says, I can't hear. I don't hear. I lose faith. Because we're in relationship with the Father.